Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. No one else will tell you this, but the two parties in Congress have entered into an economic suicide pact. They've accepted the idea that we're going to go broke if we keep spending. And they've also decided we're not going to stop spending. I.e., they have decided that we are going to go broke. Everything you're hearing right now, Matt Gates versus Kevin McCarthy, like that's just a side deal on the way to national insolvency and bankruptcy that they have all decided upon. Well, there's about two dozen who are fighting right now, but that's about it. Why is this happening? What kind of country does this? What sort of logic system could a person adopt that would make them think this was a good idea? Actually, it's all very logical. I'll explain why. Because the forces have aligned just right to lead us into national insolvency. And maybe even the collapse of the dollar. And Congress has already committed to it. They don't even care anymore. There are three key leaders leading us into the bankruptcy that they are committed to right now. Joe Biden, Democrat Chuck Schumer, leader of the Senate and a Democrat, and Kevin McCarthy, a Republican. And again, I promise by the end of this, this will all seem very logical to you. No less diabolical, but completely logical. We'll start with the Democrats. All you need to know are Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals for how to create a social state or one completely controlled by a single party government. They're following it to a T. Rule number two tells you everything. Poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you, i.e. government, are providing everything for them to live on. The number of people on welfare is already an all-time high. But you still got to get to rules for radicals number three, debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you are able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. But I mean, the Democrats wouldn't do all that on purpose, would they? They're just big spending fools, dunderheads. I mean, they wouldn't pass these bills deliberately to create higher prices and more poverty, would they? Actually, they would. And Jim Clyburn, the number two in charge behind Nancy Pelosi, admitted they did. They knew Joe Biden's multi-trillion dollar, almost all printed Recovery Act would cause poverty, would cause inflation. But they did it anyway. Here's Clyburn admitting this in two separate interviews. 
Again, at the time, he's not just some Democrat congressman. He is the number two ranking member of the Democrat Party in Democrat leadership in Congress. He whipped the votes for this. What do you say to people who say, boy, I'm worried about the cost of food. I'm seeing the cost of eggs shoot up, chicken, gasoline, you know, coming now with the the winter heating. I mean, these are all concerns that hit very directly to people who may say, you know, what's going on in D.C. doesn't think of us. Well, let me make it very clear. All of us are concerned about these rising costs. And all of us knew this would be the case. Uh, when we put in place this recovery program. Anytime you put more money uh, into uh, the economy, uh, prices uh, tend to rise. But I mean, Jim, you and your fellow Democrats knew that this would cause inflation, knew this would cause pain to people, and you did it anyway? The printing, the borrowing, the unsustainable debt that's making everyone poor, you did it on purpose, Jim? You start... Uh, putting money out the way we did with the Rescue Act, are you going to fan inflation? It just, that I know. That's elementary. But I mean, Jim, do you feel bad about this? Nah, he says. All I can say, we may have done a better job preparing people for what was going to take place. But not to worry, says Clyburn, because the people come around to accepting this. They'll get used to it. I think that uh, the American people... Uh, we'll come around to a better way of thinking about this, but we've got to do a little better job of helping them. So that's the Democrats. They're following Solinsky's rules, and they believe through unsustainable debt and uh, crushing poverty through money printing uh, that the government will become all-powerful after the collapse. But, but what about the Republicans? I mean, surely they're not committed to collapsing the country, the economy, and the dollar through endless borrowing and printing. On its face, that doesn't even make sense as a political strategy for the Republicans, especially not when they're winning on the economy by not only double digits, but by the, quote, widest margin ever in an NBC poll. Yes, NBC admitted this. It's an NBC News survey they've been doing since 1991. Right now, the Republicans have opened up the widest lead with voters ever on the economy. 50% support the Republicans handling the economy. Just 20% support the Democrats remaining in charge of the economy. Or how about this poll by TIPP? 86% of Americans want government spending cuts. 86%. I can't remember Americans being that united on anything in two decades. I mean, why would you throw that away? The American people are practically begging Republicans to save them. All they got to do is do it. But instead, through trick after trick after trick, Kevin McCarthy, the alleged leader of the Republicans, has done everything it takes to keep the Biden agenda fully funded, squandering this gift in the polling. Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell, back when he was still a sentient being, said the most important thing Republicans were doing this year? Funding Ukraine. He didn't even mention cutting the budget. I'll leave McConnell out for now because he's probably sitting in a corner drooling somewhere. But he operates according to the same rules Kevin McCarthy does. Why not just grab this lead, run with it, rule for a generation? 
because of the same answer to most questions in human history, because of money. Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell's leadership packs keep them in power, not through support or any kind of widespread love, but through fear. The average expenditure Kevin McCarthy's leadership pack will drop on you. I've seen it right here in South Carolina in Representative Ralph Norman's district, about $700,000. That money can be spent For you in a Republican primary to lie to your constituents and say you're a conservative or it could be spent against you for the other guy who's willing to vote for the big spending. That money rolls in from a lot of shared donors who also donate to the Democrats, but have smartly figured out that if they pay off the Republicans, it'll be much cheaper than trying to get more Democrats elected. So Kevin, Mitch and Paul Ryan before them accumulate massive leadership packs packed with dirty Democrat and uniparty money. But then there's another set of donors. All this money printing might be making the vast majority of Americans poor, but it's making Wall Street titans rich. It's exploded their balance sheets, inflated the stock market, and made their quarterly earnings reports look amazing. Unlike China and Russia, we think quarterly in this country. They don't care if America looks like Beirut after the bombing six quarters from now. They'll have already exited in their golden parachute. So if you sit where Kevin McCarthy sits and he likes his power, he's already watched the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which represents the big business in America, the big stock market names, go from pretty much equally funding Democrats and country club Republicans to funding almost exclusively Democrats. He's watched Wall Street donations go from roughly 50-50 in the 90s to about 60-40 last decade to 80-20 now. And he knows this. It doesn't matter what 86% of Americans want if all the election funds, all the donations go to Democrats. The way he sees it, the Democrats are going to print us into oblivion no matter what. So might as well get some donations and join them rather than being frozen out on the outside. This explains the devastating thing Kevin McCarthy did back in May. Again, he is the Speaker of the House and ostensibly the leader of the Republicans. This explains what he did back in May when Joe Biden was only asking for a debt limit increase. Would have been about $1.2, $1.3 trillion more in printed money. Republicans didn't want to give it to him or at least wanted to extract some pain. The polling was with us, 60%. Even CNN admitted it. But then McCarthy sneaks over to the White House over Memorial Day weekend when nobody's looking. And what does he do? He not only gives Joe Biden the debt limit increase he wants, he offers to completely wipe out the debt limit. No limits on printing. We've printed over $2 trillion since then. Again, that was in June. Then Kevin McCarthy passed that horrific monstrosity with more Democrat than Republican votes. And no doubt the money poured into his leadership pack because I'm sure he spent the rest of the weekend on the phone telling all the donors, ha, the Democrats only wanted a debt limit increase. I got rid of the whole thing for you. But it was worse than that. So much worse than that. Because what the American people didn't realize was the other part of the deal. Want to pause here for just a minute to tell you about my PhD weight loss experience. I'm down 29 pounds. I've kept it off for almost nine months now. And you can too. I can't believe it every time I say that. I've lost 10 pounds here, even 15 pounds there, but I've never been able to take the full 30 off to get back to where I was in college and keep it off. Never. I didn't even think it was possible metabolically at my age. And given the fact that I had already power walked an hour a day and still couldn't lose it, I didn't think it was possible. And then it happened. It'll feel the same to you. That shock, that awe. Wow, I can really do this, but I can't make the phone call for you. 
you got to do it. Look them up online. Read about PhD weight loss at home. There's somebody doing it in over 50 states. You can do it too, no matter where you are. It might even be more convenient for you to do it at home so you can fit it around your schedule. Find them online, myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. Now back to the podcast. Remember during the height of COVID, when we were cutting checks to people to stay home, when the average business took in $36,000 from the government to stay afloat, it was the biggest printing binge ever. Well, when Kevin McCarthy agreed to that deal in May with Joe Biden, he also agreed to lock in that level of spending with a tiny, tiny cut. It's a 40% increase in government. It was only supposed to go on for a brief time during COVID. They just locked it in, even though we don't have COVID. So we're still printing and borrowing at the very levels we were when we were paying everyone to stay home. It's ungodly. I don't even know what they do with all that money. Enter Matt Gates. He wants to be governor of Florida, and he'll soon get his chance at it because Ron DeSantis is term limited. Gates did a masterful job forcing concessions out of Kevin McCarthy in the speakership race, forced him through the humiliation of over 15 votes as McCarthy was gradually forced to give in to Gates's demands. They were simple. Let's cut some damn stuff. What Gates wanted was 12 appropriations bills. If we pass the funding for each major government branch separately, we can go in with a laser and begin to cut this stuff out. We can't do it in a CR. So McCarthy made the promise we were going to cut that, the 87,000 IRS agents, and Matt Gates gave him his approval. They voted for McCarthy. And then McCarthy screwed them over, making Matt Gates look like a fool, refusing to pass even a single appropriations bill, but worse, gaffing off the debt limit and committing to a 40% increase in government with Mostly Democrat votes. Now Gates' brilliance during the McCarthy speakership negotiations, well, it looked like he'd been taken. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So, sensing that Matt Gates was about to go nuclear, McCarthy said, you ain't getting your appropriations bill. Sorry, bud, I didn't mean that. Hey, but you can have a CR that cuts 8%. That's a massive cut. Should Gates have taken it? It was the biggest cut we were going to get, given the level of corruption at the top of our government. I don't know. A lot of people are debating that. Gates ultimately decided, no, damn it. You grew government by 40% and you're going to placate me with an 8% cut? Are you kidding? But McCarthy is a 4D chess player. He knew that the Democrats in the Senate, which is controlled by Democrats, were never going to pass an 8% cut. Not when they were making such great progress, bankrupting the American people, crushing the currency. He was always planning to offer the CR that ultimately passed and was signed by Joe Biden that keeps us at the COVID emergency spending and death of a nation level. And Gates knew it. Either way, Gates was screwed because if he accepted the 8% cut and voted for it, then he'd be conceding that it's okay for McCarthy to violate every or agreement that he had with Gates in the Freedom Caucus. And he would lose. If Gates 
and his cadre of votes voted down the 8% cut, then he'd force Kevin McCarthy to pass the full funding with more votes of Democrats than Republicans, which Gates ultimately did. With lunatics like Mark Levin, and I'm sorry, Levin's lost his mind on this, actually screaming into the microphone that McCarthy's more conservative than Gates. That's laughable. But now McCarthy is in kind of an even better position for him because there's no way Gates is going to have the votes to chuck him out as speaker. So guess what? McCarthy's going to say, gosh darn, I got no choice now but to completely work with the Democrats and screw the Republicans. It's a win for Kev. It's a win for his donors. They'll load up his coffers, and it's a big loss. For the conservative Republicans, McCarthy will use that money to take out in the primaries before you ever get to vote for them in a general election. And those ads Kev will pay for, they'll tell you how conservative Kev's latest douchebag is. Those ads will be well-funded, slicker, and there'll be more of them. And most people will fall for it most of the time. Or at least, that's the hope. As far as Democrats are concerned, they'll just get a couple of Felony convictions against Trump. Trump will go down in flames and they'll be fine. But as for Kev, well, he's currently being paid a lot by his donors to stare down 86% of the public. I hope it's worth it because it's going to bankrupt this country. The only question is when. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.